Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. That's right, folks. We are back once again. Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji, the whole team, here to bring you another episode of Garage Door Sports. It's been a while since I think all three of us have been together, and it's beautiful. But, Kyle, how are you doing today, my man? I'm doing good. <clears throat> doing good. Uh, you know, can't really complain. I, I'm not as tired on Saturday mornings anymore. I can't really use that excuse anymore. So, True. Uh, I'm doing good. That's good. That's good to hear. Irfan, how are you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Saturday morning means we talk sports. This is true. This is true. And we got a lot to talk about. We're talking NFL, but we're going to call it the No Football League this week because we're actually not talking about what's happening on the field. We're talking about all the fun stuff happening off the field. So the No Football League. We got early season NHL returns. Oh, yeah, and by the way, since the last time we talked, we crowned a World Series champion. You know, no big deal. But before we get into the sports, guys, there's something a little bit more important that we need to talk about. And it's that mustache on Kyle's face. It is Movember, and that means one thing for a lot of people in North America, and I mean around the world, really, and that means it is time to help raise money for men's health and kyle you've been thinking about doing this for years uh you've been pushing off shaving the beard months and really years after year but you decided you finally decided to raise funds and awareness this november for all the dads brothers sons and well just friends in our lives by shaving your beard leaving the mustache and i think me and Irfan are both on your side on this one and together we think we can make a difference for men's health prostate cancer testicular cancer mental health and suicide prevention are all on the cards um help us stop well i mean help kyle but help all of us stop young men dying too soon by donating Go to Movember.com if you're in Canada, ca.movember.com to donate. You can either donate to Kyle's fundraising itself or you can donate really at all. We don't don't mind just as long as you are donating. This is a great cause. Kyle, is there anything you want to add to that little spiel there from me? Well, it's just, as you said, I've been kind of pushing this off for a couple of years because everybody who knows me knows how much I I truly enjoy having a beard and – you also I had it forever. It, yeah, ex- exactly. It, it was a part of me. And I mean, it was one of those, um, I felt, you know, that I, I truly am behind this initiative and I really wanted to to truly do it. So I am kind of cheating a little bit by shaving out the mustache, out of my beard, but still doesn't actually, uh, it doesn't reflect my dedication towards this actual movement. So uh, I'm, I myself donated. Obviously, I'm growing the mustache. I will be posting updates of if it gets any worse. We'll see how much uh, how much more it grows. But um, yeah, it's it's truly an initiative that I, I am 100% behind. And you know what? Like I've done it before where I just didn't shave for the entire month of November because I don't think I could ever get rid of the beard personally. It's just that's something that has mm-hmm. become part of me. But I've, I've let the beard grow really, really long. I've donated many times. Um, Irfan. Anything you want to add to this while we're while we're talking about it? No, it's a good initiative. I've been doing it every year except 
this year because I have a bunch of defense prep to do, and I don't want to look like I just have a squirrely mustache or look like. Uh, but you an could old go uncle. no. We could go no shave, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be just a mustache. Agree, right? agree. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I haven't touched it all month, and it's been all four six days. days. So maybe we'll we'll leave it this way. But uh, Kyle's doing a great thing. Um, you can. If you want to donate there's a bunch of us with pages um mm-hmm. donate to, to the cause wherever you can for sure yeah. and we will yeah. post on our social media accounts updates throughout the month of november of not only kyle's mustache but how our donations are going and we'll post links as well for you guys to donate so please mm-hmm. make sure you take the time to donate when you can because it is a great cause now let's get into sports boys and let's start with our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy calling all kickers and punters in the southern Ontario region if you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy the Ferraro brothers Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni and after illustrious university careers they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years if you want to take your special teams game to the next level visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. And we are starting in the MLB because we have crowned a World Series champion. And not only that, there is a very prominent Canadian on this team in Freddie Freeman. Or sorry, should we call him Frederick Freeman? Because that's what everyone is now jokingly calling him. I mean, care. I just want to start with this. How happy were you when you saw him raise his hands with that last out? Because that made me so, so happy, Irfan. Well, I think the shortstop could have done a forced play over at second, but he deliberately chose to go over to Freddie. So that was a good moment. It was kind of like the, the Joe Carter moment when his hands pop up. And I was like, that probably is the closest thing to Canada or Canadian team winning World Series in 20 years. So I'll take that little win there. Very true. Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always great when players who have been long-standing members of a team finally win that game or finally win that championship, right? You know? I'm not a huge proponent of going to multiple different teams and doing that sort of thing. Like I get you have to do it sometimes, but I find that the best championships are always the ones where you've been there for 10 plus years. You know, you've grinded with all these, like some of these guys and they finally win that championship. Right. Like, and that's what Freddie Freeman's done. He's been there since day one. He hasn't gone anywhere. He's been a brave for life. We'll see what happens in the off season. I really hope he does stay just because I think it truly means that much more to Atlanta, if that's the case. But I, I, I was, I was very happy for him to finally win that chip. So yeah. honestly, the only place I could see him going that wouldn't really throw everybody off is if he went to Toronto. But they have no place for him in Toronto, mm-hmm. right? Unless he's going to DH and split time with Vladdy at first. He's played third before, but I know, I, but I, like I comfortably. Know. I mean, comfortably fit into yeah, that line. There's, there's, no, there's no way he leaves. There's no, no way. He needs to stay in Atlanta. Um, but speaking of the Braves win, since that's kind of what we're supposed to be talking about, not just Freddie Freeman. I was thinking about this, and this was this was something that is was bugging me from the uh, League Championship Series, the CSs. And I was trying to figure out what the MLB actually wanted. Because you know every year they have a team that they want to win when it comes down to the Final Four or the Final Eight. We know that. It doesn't always happen, of course, but they have a team in mind that they would like to keep all the way to the end. Um, Is this the best possible outcome that the league could have had based off of the Final Four? 
like Kyle, I'll start with you, but it, this, it, I would have to think this is the team when it came down to that final four that they wanted to win. Yeah. I mean, Boston's been there before. Obviously we, we know that, right. They, they've done their, done their thing whenever they usually, whenever they get around to the finals, they usually win it, but that's just, um, I mean, just how it works. The Astros and the Dodgers, we've seen that before. That would have been, honestly, I think that would probably have been the worst-case scenario for the MLB, just because I don't think people care, other than those fan bases, if either of those teams would win. Um, and it's 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 one of those, I think Atlanta was the one team that, even if they weren't your team, you kind of wanted them to win just based on what was left. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Astros, the cheating scandal, all that kind of stuff, they're on the shit list. The Dodgers going out and buying anybody Everybody. with a name. <laughs> like I like to me, like I'm not a huge fan of that them doing that, but like it's how they win. I get it. But still. And then Boston, I'm just not a Boston fan. So I mean, best case scenario. Yeah. I mean, you you also talk about the the three other teams, right? You mentioned the Astros cheating scandal. Well, we also have to look at the Boston Red Sox because they were caught in a cheating scandal. Not They didn't win, obviously, but they were caught cheating as well. They lost their manager because of it. The yeah. league still, I mean, they're probably not happy about that. But let's also talk about the Dodgers who, yes, they went out and bought everybody. But what is the dark cloud overhanging the Dodger organization right now, Irfan? You posed the question. Where are you going with it? Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Oh, I even forgot that he plays for. I know, the but that that is so overhanging irrelevant. that organization right now because well, like, he's still rostered. No, but, but, yeah, but no one's no one's talking about him. I know, currently. but the thing is, if they win a championship, that guy that's gets a ring. Talk about him. Yeah, that's that guy true. gets a ring, so that would be really really bad for the MLB had they gone through and won. So the other three teams have some sort of overhanging dark cloud on them. And then there's the upstart Atlanta Braves who on July 13th had a 1% chance to win the World Series, dude. Listen, I think even you, you talk about the other t- three teams having a story. I think the Braves also have a story. The whole thing with the Tomahawk uh, movement yes. that a lot of people are having an issue with, which are still having an issue with. I mean, the players were doing it when they were hitting... Uh, big hits. So, I mean, all four teams have a story. I think, you know, going back to your question about the MLB having the best team or the best case scenario, I think for them, it should have been the Giants. Um, well, I was talking about the final two. four, but yes. No, I know. I know you're talking about the final four, but like if we if we're going ideal case team for the MLB, I think it would have been the Giants because of the huge turnaround. The fact that apparently Buster Posey just played his last postseason game ever. Um, as one of the best catchers in the game. So I think that probably would have been the best case scenario with teams with no issues over the last five years, maybe, or last yeah. season. Um, but if you're talking Final Four, I guess the Braves did have that better story. kind of reminds you of the Nationals. Um, weren't expected to win, ended up winning. Um, and then to your point in July, they, they had one of the worst records. And, I mean, no offense to the NL East, it wasn't very good. So I, I don't yeah. like. I'm also not surprised that they got out of it well. So, yeah. well, but and you, you think about it, right? Like they had like the one percent chance you were saying, but then they also lost Acuna for the year too. Well, this was so this like was just after the, this was just after Acuna was lost. 
yeah, so like the fact that they went out, got basically, I don't, I mean, I don't want to kind of downplay them. They got garbage heaps for outfielders in Eddie Rosario, who was DFA'd, Adam Duvall, who was. He was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jock Pedersen, who they got from the Cubs for a bag of balls, basically. Yeah, who was picked like, up from the Dodgers for a bag of balls, too. Yeah. And it's just one of those like like these little pieces, right? Just and Solaire. Don't forget Solaire at the deadline. Fantastic. Right? Hold on, you forgot Solaire. Oh yeah, like Solaire at the deadline, and like they trade. Like oh, by the way, did anybody realize that Sandoval got another ring because he was with the Braves for the first half of the year? <laughs> yeah. So Pat, Pat, uh, Pablo Sandoval got another ring, by the way. Um, so yeah, it's like it's just. It's it's the little pieces, and you know this is why when Anthopoulos left the Jays, I was so upset because there's certain yes the players have to play, don't get me wrong, but the GMs have to set them up accordingly, and I think that you're looking at, I would say, uh, uh, not necessarily okay, I'll say it's a masterpiece. It's a masterpiece of what happened because everything filled in properly, and I mean. Yeah, Irfan with with the scandal. I mean, I mean with the the Tom Hawk and stuff like that. And then it's one of those that's it's going to be an ongoing thing because I think that is a little bit more uh, gray area compared to the like the Cleveland Guardians issue. I think the Tomahawk's a little bit different situation, but I'm not going to get into that. We'll figure out how how that plays out, but. I mean, with a championship now there, we'll, we'll see uh, if that changes uh, the direction of what people actually want. Yeah, we also have to talk about the fact that the Atlanta Braves were a struggling organization for a long time. They haven't been to the World Series. They haven't really been competitive for a while up until the last couple of years, and now they get to the World Series. It's a great story. Um, you mentioned Alex Anthopoulos, Kyle, and first Canadian GM to win a World Series. So representing the Great White North, him and Freddie Freeman, and let's not forget Mike Soroka, who I know he's hurt, but get, does get a ring. He's part of this team. He wants to run it back next year, and by the looks of the pieces that they have already signed and a couple that they need to re-sign, they're, they're going to be competitive. Do they run it back? I don't know, but they're going to be competitive, and it's going to be fun. Well, fun. As Irfan yeah, said, that yeah. I was gonna say, as Irfan said, that that division's dog shit. It is, <laughs> but they're also so, a good team I, in a bad division. Well, they're, they're, I, I can't remember what the stat was exactly, but um, I think it's only been like once or twice in the last ten years that the team that has won the World Series made it back to the playoffs or something like that. Yeah. So um, a lot of the times they have a disappointment in the next year. So. Yeah. We'll see, but I mean, as you said, getting getting the pitching back. I mean, some of their pitching definitely took a stride forward this year. Plus, getting Acuna back, we'll see. And don't forget, they get Soroka back. Right? Like, let's let's not forget that he was their best pitcher. He was their ace going into the season. Yep. And he pitched like an ace at the beginning of the season. So if he can come back and pitch like an ace again, their pitching staff just gets that much better, right, Irfan? Like, am I crazy in saying that? Well, considering how good all the pitching they had this this postseason, and then you bring back their ace. Yeah, it right. gives, like, it I'm not crazy in, in saying spot. that, right? No, and I think that that hangover, um, I think they have a better shot compared to the rest of the teams over the last three years that have had mm-hmm. hangovers, maybe except the Dodgers, who just like Kyle said earlier, just pick up everyone with a name. But, you know, like, but having, it's basically a new signing for them to bring back their ace and hopefully their, their, their best hitter in Acuna. So, 
They're bringing I think in they their two best players. Back. I don't think they can run it back, but I think they'll still be one of the better teams in the NL East and probably a division series or championship series series caliber team yeah. next season. That's what I'm saying. And that's all you can ask for at the beginning of the season is to be a top four team. If you're a top mm. four team in, in the league, then you're pushing for a chance to play for a title. That's really all it is. Um, let's move on to the Jays because obviously we're Toronto-based boys, so we might as well talk about the team that we see the most. Um, I want to start with you, Irfan. What are we looking at as realistic expectations for this offseason for the Jays? They're going to have to bring in a second, third, fourth rotation guy, uh, potentially, um, and, and seeing if they can bring in another bat and a healthy bat. And, you know, just bear with me on this one, but what if Carlos Correa makes it, makes, uh, gets a pitch from the Jays organization? I mean, you move Bichette over to third because they've, they've needed someone who's a consistent hitter at third, third, hypothetically. Uh, give Curry a shortstop and then see if you can bring Simeon back. And that is your middle infield. Um, so I think taking a run at the big names this offseason should be something that Jay should consider bringing a bat and bringing in some pitching. Uh, that's probably it. Max Scherzer's name's there. Go give him a year pitch. Don't do well. Be like, we'll move you to a contender. I mean, that's exactly what the Nats did, right? They we're not sure. contending. We're going to move you. And he got a realistic chance. I mean, he, he pitched his ass off, played, pitched, what, three games within seven days or something like that. So he still got it in him. So um, definitely an arm for the starting rotation and uh, a big bat. Kyle, what are your thoughts? Um, I personally, I think it's going to be one or the other. It's going to be Ray or Simeon that will resign. I believe it's going to be Ray because I think Simeon, with Boris being the agent now, is gone. He clearly wow. wants to play shortstop, and okay, he's gone. He's okay. gone. I, I, he's gone. I'm okay with him being. Say you saying with him being gone. I'm really, really tired of everyone saying just because Boris is his agent now he's gone because we've actually done two huge deals with Boris in the last couple of years, and he actually likes talking to the Toronto brass. So the fact that everyone said as soon as he signed with Boris he was gone, I'm like, okay, let's pump the tires here. This isn't the first well, time yeah, we've had to deal with Boris. Well, he's gonna let's ask relax. for more money. No, I get no, that. But I understand is, that, yeah. and I know that he might be gone. But be, no, it's just not because Boris is his agent. Like, I'm so tired of people saying this everywhere on Twitter. Like, this is not the it, reason it is, be, it is because It is because of him and Boris, though, because Boris is going to stick that Marcus Simeon is a shortstop, and he is not a shortstop. Exactly. He is a dog shit shortstop. That's but why he's, he's gone, though. It's not, it's not because of Boris. It's because Simeon no, wants no, to play but, shortstop. Well, I understand that, but Boris is that's going to be the key point that Boris right. is going to mm-hmm. use in negotiations. Right. And as soon as he uses that in negotiations, he's gone, which is why I said as soon as he hired Scott Boris, Scott Boris is going to use the shortstop thing as hey, okay. if you want us, he's got to play shortstop. So you were you were using it that's, in a different so context. I apologize. People, yeah. Other people were using it in the context that just because Scott Boris is his agent, he doesn't like Toronto, he won't sign here. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That it's not, not that he won't so, sign. It's just it'll be harder to get him under the term or the, can, the right. money that you want because Boris is a smart agent to right. bring in. He's the Mino Raiola of, of the MLB, basically. Yes, for sure. And, and it's one of those, I honestly, and I like what Simeon did. He's not worth resigning. Uh, and I'm sorry, like I, I love what he did. He's not going to replicate that again. It's not going to happen. He, he might hit 270 with 30 bombs, but he's not hitting 285 with 
45 bombs and setting the record for the second baseman in home runs. It's not happening. No. Like if, if you're trying to, contracts. if you're trying to rep, yeah, if you're trying to replicate that, it's not going to happen. No. You know, do I think Robbie Ray is going to have another Cy Young series uh, season? No, but am I okay with Robbie Ray giving us 12 wins and a 3.3 ERA? No problem. I think, I he, think, he I think he'll still be a very good pitcher, like a, a solid number two behind my yeah and it's, and, and it's one of those it's one of those like i have no problem them resetting ray would i like to keep Matt's as, as a four or five guy sure but i think there's cheaper options out there and i think he's gone because i think he's kind of rebuilt his value based off this one season and i really don't think it's worth the money to sign him if you're going to shell out some extra money to sign one of these big guys I do agree with Irfan. I think there is some sort of shortstop guy going to come in. I know Bichette wants to stick at shortstop, and he was better in the second half of the season. Better than dog shit, it's still shit. So um, it, it's fine. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, my ideal offseason is go get Jose Ramirez for third base. You can leave Bichette at second, or you can move him to second and go get somebody else, you know. Uh, if they if they do bring in Jose Ramirez, I don't think they go get a shortstop. I think they eventually switch Santiago or Cavan to second and just have run with that. Um, I mean, Cavan's probably gone in the trade personally, but we'll see what kind of what, what value they want back. Um, and then, yeah, uh, to me, the biggest the biggest glaring weakness is the bullpen. You have three or four pieces that are set up right now in. You got Richards, you got uh, Simber, you got uh, Romano. Yeah, Romano, and then who I'm thinking of somebody else that I can't even think of the name. Uh, and then you have um, Meza, who's your lefty guy who started off terribly last year, but turned it on and became a really good lefty pitcher out of the bullpen. So you got four main pieces right there. Uh, you got to see what you get out of Pierce in the offseason. You know, obviously that groin injury right now, It's uh, we'll see what happens and if that's delayed at all, but. I think you got to go get a, a legitimate one or two pieces in the bullpen for sure to shore that up because we lost a lot of games last year based on that bullpen. Yeah. Um, you also talk about you talk about some of the guys that they could move to shortstop or second base or whatever in the system. Let's not forget we have a pretty good prospect in in the system who could maybe make the jump next year. So we can't disprove Jordan Groshans. Like he had a good year last year in the minors. If he's ready to go, is he a guy who could come up and play third base, right? And then you bring if you bring in a guy like Jose Ramirez, now you have that flexibility where all three of those guys could play all three of the positions if you really need them to. It's a nice little thing to add into the into the mix. But I agree with you. I think Ray is the in my opinion, if you have if you're only going to sign one of those two guys, Ray has to be the guy. The way he was able to go out and just become a lockdown pitcher every time that he he stepped on the mound was incredible to watch, and the just the poise in the dugout, the poise on the mound. I think he is set to become a top pitcher consistently in the league. Is he going to win another Cy Young or be another Cy Young candidate every year? No, but very few pitchers are. Like we're talking elite of the elite that do that every year in year out, like the Garrett Coles and the Max Scherzers, right? Those guys are elite of the elite. If Robbie Ray is that next tier, right? Super solid pitcher goes out and puts up good numbers, gets the strikeouts, keeps his ERA under 340, 350 or under 3 consistently depending on how good we're talking, right? 
if he's not your ace, then he's a one of the best number twos in the league. And mm-hmm. that's what th- this team needs right now. We need consistent pitching that we know, okay, this guy's going out every five days, and he's going to put up a good showing. He might not win all of those games, but he's there and putting in good shows. We already have that, I think, in my opinion, in Manoa. Right, That kid just goes out and pitches. He does not care what's going on. He will go out and do his thing. We thought we had that in Ryu. And for the first season we did, I don't know where Ryu comes back next year. At like what level he's going to be playing. Hopefully he can come back and be the, the number three and a good number three. right? And then you need to fill in two spots. As opposed to with Simeon leaving, if you re-sign Simeon, there's now four spots or three or four spots on that pitching rotation that you need to fill in. And that's more questionable mm-hmm. in my opinion. So you sign Ray first. And then you talk to Simeon if you're the Jays. And I think that's realistic. And you talked about some of the free agents, guys. I'm agreeing with you on all of those. I like the idea of Jose Ramirez, Kyle. I didn't even think about that one. But they definitely need to get a third baseman. And in my opinion, that's the biggest need for this team is third base. Because that Mm -hmm. was a hole. And not even like a good hole. I would say that was the weakest part of this team all season when it came to batting and even fielding. Like, it was just not good enough. I know Bichette had his problems, right, Irfan? Mm-hmm. He he had his problems, but the third base spot was the weakest spot in the lineup pretty much all season. And, like, no knock to Espinal, who's hitting close to 300, but still, mm-hmm. you need you need something else there. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the thing is, like, I, I, I agree it's a hole for sure. I think Espinal did a fantastic job, mm-hmm. but he truly is one of those more like your utility guy. Right? Yeah. You need him to play third base, he can play third base. You need him to play second, he can play second. Right? He can fill in at shortstop, he can do that. But he's better used as that super utility, what we thought Biggio was going to be, but then Biggio turned out to be eh. So, I mean, the thing is, like, everyone the, the, says Biggio is eh, but defensively, Biggio is great. He's one of those guys that you want on the bench to be able to go in and play any position. I'm not saying he's yeah, elite, that. but no, but, but everybody, they go as of two years ago, no, I was supposed to be the starter rising star with Vlad and Bichette, yeah. not necessarily on their level, but Vlad rising star with them. And now all of a sudden we're talking about him being a bench piece. That's just right. I agree. A big drop off compared to what we were expecting. So, I agree. um, I honestly think I, I do think Biggio has gone the off season. I think it's going to be a trade for somebody. Um, my, my ideal guy to bring in in the offseason, and not everybody likes this, is Marcus Stroman. I agree. You're talking about cons- I love that You're move. You're talking – everybody's like, oh, I don't know if I like his attitude. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, go away. It's, 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 it's literally – Irfan, it's literally Brad Marchand. It's oh, literally no. Brad Marchand. But the thing is, hold hold on, hold on. No, it's it is one hundred percent. It is no, not as good though. I would not say. I would not say Strowman is as good as Marchand. Incomparable though. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if you had Brad Marchand on your team, you want him on your team because Mm. he pisses everybody else off. Got it. Okay. And that's exactly what you want. Okay. When Brad Marchand's not on your team, you think he's the biggest rat in the league. It's the exact same thing with Strowman. When yeah, Strowman's fair. on your team, you love him because he's giving you a three ERA. He's going out there. He's hyping everybody up. Mm. He's doing everything you possibly could want in his, in, as a pitcher. And he's hyping up the fans, getting everybody into the game, getting his teammates into the game. But when he's out in New York and he's talking shit, of course you don't want him on your team. Like, that's, that's how it works. Mm. Like, 
And Brad Marchand's the exact same way. If he if, if he was on the Leafs, I would be okay with Brad Marchand. <laughs> but because he's on Boston, I can't stand the guy. It's just it's how oh, it, it works. doesn't help that he's on Boston. <laughs> well, sorry, yeah, it, it's it's the same thing with Brendan Gallagher in Montreal. I can't stand. I was going to say, it would what, make what, more sense if but, you compare him to like Kachuk or Gallagher. That was but would I, I take Gallagher? Would I take Gallagher on my team? Hundred percent. He'd be a great player on my Absolutely. team. No problem. Absolutely. It's the exact same thing with Stroman. And I think I think once if he if he actually truly comes back, the fans will love him. They'll have no problem with him, right? And it's not as if Stroman left in free agency. We traded him. Yeah. So it's not as if, like it, it's not as if it's like he left on his own free will. It's like no, he really didn't have a choice. They're like, yeah, okay, bye, pack your bags. Well, he actually, so, he also didn't want to be here for the rebuild that was going on at that would time. You? Yeah, the way that the way that they were galvanizing him in the media—no offense. Like, would you want to mm-hmm. be here for a rebuild? No, no, not at no, all. But I have no problem like, with what he like said. He, he didn't just, say he anything sort of, bad about the city. He didn't say anything bad about the organization. No, he, he said, didn't. He just kind of he just kind of looked like he didn't want to be there anymore after the whole conversation with the rebuild. Yeah. But if you mm-hmm. talk about energy and you talk about a guy who's going to love your city. I like Marcus Stroman, so I'm not against that. I don't understand how people are like, no, he isn't a good pitcher. Yeah, but when you come to playoff time or you go to that chase, you need someone with that energy to pump you up. And I think the Jays sort of had a moment this season where it dipped, and that's where they're that's when they kept losing their games. Oh. Yes, it's the bullpen, but like the last month was great. But if you go back, let's say six weeks or eight weeks before the the end of the season, it, there was a huge dip in 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 terms of energy. See, you, you like to me, I look at Manoa and I look at Manoa as a Stroman Junior, right? And, and you know, way different quiet. body styles. Don't get me way different body styles. Don't get me wrong, but same type of energy, same type of pitcher, right? Just a lot. Manoa, quieter. yes, he, Manoa has the power, yes, but Manoa also uses his breaking ball and he uses everything accordingly. Stroman does the exact same thing. Stroman goes out there, gives it his all, and I honestly think if you bring Stroman in. Strong still going to strong is not old. Like he still gives you everything, but he can teach Manoa how to kind of rein things in sometimes and truly just give you his all. And I think, I think that would make Manoa that much better of a pitcher. The only, the only real question between the two of them is who's going to get the number six. So. True. Let's, why don't we just go and just raid the Mets uh, starting rotation of players who are no not free agents. Just go grab Syndergaard as their number five too. Screw it. See that that's that's my pipe dream is you bring in Syndergaard to have him number be your five. Four. Just throw it out there and see what happens. That's what I'm saying. You you have you bring Syndergaard in. You you have him be your number four or five, and you have Pearson. You have him and Pearson just take off like one week off, one week on. Just <laughs> rotate the two of them and just throw ninety nine down the middle of the plate the entire time. Say good luck, hit it. I like it. Okay, well, I think that's that's enough. Uh, MLB Talk, that'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. If you're looking for more information on the Canada Kicking Academy, visit them at canadakickingacademy.com or follow their Instagram account. We're going to just keep rolling, boys. We're not going to even stop. No commercial breaks today. We're going to keep it moving, and we're going to talk the no football league. Oh, did I say that again? Yeah, well, there's been two huge stories this week. We're going to start with the one on, I hate to say it, but my Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers test positive for COVID. Now, any other player in the league right now, this wouldn't be a story, really. I mean, it would it would be mentioned. The player would be sitting out the game, whatever. Except for the fact that Aaron Rodgers in August had the fun comment. When asked if he was vaccinated, he had the comment, yes, I am immunized. So... 
The question oh, is that I'm going to pose to you boys. It's written on the screen there. So the question is, did he lie, Kyle? Yes. Irfan? He used his words creatively. So yes, he 100%. lied. Well, but that's that's like, my oh, thing. Like, technically, he didn't lie. The NFL saw him as an unvaccinated player, right? The league saw him as an unvaccinated player. He, the team saw him as an unvaccinated player. So he didn't technically lie, but it looks really, See, the, really bad. The question was, are you vaccinated? He didn't say, yes, I'm vaccinated. He just said, I'm immunized. So whatever yeah, the hell so, that means, apparently. Right. So, um, so, te- yeah, so technically, he didn't lie because he, he said he was immunized. But yeah. he, he said he was immunized, good. but never but agreed that he actually was vaccinated. Right. <laughs> he didn't answer the question word for word like you should. Um, he played the game. Yeah. So how how was he immunized? Did he get it, and then he thought he was exempt because he got it no, already? No, no, like, no, no. So basically, no, no. he. So I'm, I'll read some of the quotes because that's that's the other thing. And then this is where I wanted to get into more than anything is that yeah, he did a spot on the Pat McAfee show yesterday. Um, and if you get a chance, listen to the audio because it is something. Um, he apparently is allergic to something in the mRNA vaccine, so the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine. So he, okay. so he wanted to find a different treatment that would help immunize himself from COVID, which is fine. I, I I understand the logic behind that. I think we all get the logic behind that. You don't want to put yourself in a worse spot by having an allergic reaction to the vaccine, right or fun. I think we're, we we right. agree with that. the The problem is is that he misquoted the CDC's website that said saying that he thought it said, should you have an allergy to any of the ingredients, you should not get one of the MRNA vaccines. Um, the CDC website actually says, if you have had a severe allergic reaction or an immediate allergic reaction, even if it was not severe to any ingredient in, in an MRNA COVID vaccine, you should not get either of the currently available MRNA COVID vaccines. He's never said that he had an allergic reaction to any of the ingredients. He just said he no, had he an allergy to one. Hmm. Right? So that's another confusing thing. And then the Johnson & Johnson one had a few issues. Remember, it got pulled from the U.S. for uh, like a couple weeks or something and then put back on the mm-hmm. shelves to be used. Well, it wasn't good enough, so they sent it to Africa. Okay. Yes. Oh. oh right. Okay. Well, that that went dark for a second. All right. No, but that's how do I, exactly how do I, what happened. How do I bounce back from that, yeah. Kyle? Sorry, yeah. but that's that's exactly what happened. They said they weren't going to use it, and they sent it to Tanzania because the Tanzanian government didn't believe in COVID, and that's how they got rid of Johnson Johnson the first time out. Well, it was just um, the clotting yes, issues, sorry. and then there were some issues. So at that point, he said, "Yeah, I'm not getting the Johnson and Johnson, which were the only three that were available in um, the U.S." So. Yeah. He made the decision to go find uh, an alternate thing in which it took – he apparently got immunized. I don't know what it is. He hasn't really told anybody what he did to get immunized. He just says he's immunized. There was a petition from the Packers to the league to try to get him on the vaccinated list because he thinks he's immunized. But the M- – the M- when it comes to those kind of comments, do you think he took it too far, basically saying, like, well, there's other ways to do this, and I think I'm right, and, I'm, and the NFL is just being ridiculous and not seeing it how I see it? Is That's kind of how it's coming across to me. I mean, 
he thinks he's immunized. He got it. Clearly, it means he's not immune to the thing. But, I mean, technically, even like, the vaccines, you can get it. What? You can get COVID-19 after you're vaccinated. No, I, I understand that. But if he's saying he's immunized, it means he thinks he's immune to the whole COVID thing. Right. That's the difference between vaccinated and immunized, right? That's So it's like, if, if he thinks that, I, I don't know. Like, to me... I think he has to face some sort of repercussions just because if, if like, if it came out that he says he's immunized and he's trying to cheat the system, he really is trying to cheat the system. There's no two ways about it. Um, Then I don't know. I I feel like there's gotta be some sort of repercussions for it. It's just to say, it's the same as if somebody who has like a, a fake, uh, fake vaccination card and go walking around and be like, Hey, yeah, I'm vaccinated. Like, here you go. It's like, yeah, exactly. Um, it's one of those like it's just that that's not how it works like no. you, you can't just say you're something and be like oh yeah okay we're good no not how it works all right Irfan, what are your thoughts on what he said he um he also talked about how it's gonna change his reproductive health growth and no he was worried that about jet. that that's that's one but that he was worried about Right, he was worried about that, but there's three or four major studies that have been done to, to say that's not I know. true. And at the same time, the man's 38. So are you are you looking to procreate into your 40s and 50s? Like, is this what you're worried about right now? Well, don't forget, he just um, got married, what, last year? Right, I think he's just trying to build his case as to yeah. why he's not getting the, the vaccine. But I'll give you guys a story. So one of my sister's really close friends actually has an amino disorder that makes her... Um, immunocompromised to the mRNA so she had to go down to the states to get J&J um, and still ended up with an allergic reaction but still has to get it done in order to go to campus so you have people with immunodisorders that are still taking them because of what's the regulation in the world and and you have an athlete here who's you know unfortunately playing the line very very thin to say that he's already immunized and I I mean, he's a da- he's becoming a danger to everybody. So at what point, like Kyle said, is does he get in trouble for this? Because apparently, if the NFL knew about this and they didn't really follow up on it, which they should, because it's their league. That is my biggest problem with this. And that's where I'm really frustrated too, because there are specific protocols in place for players who are unvaccinated. They have to wear masks at press conferences. They have to do all these other things that the vaccinated players don't because they have the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rogers wasn't doing that. That is not okay. Like, how is that allowed? He's breaking all these protocols and it only comes out now that he tests yeah. positive, that he was on the unvaccinated list. Like, no, if I'm a media member who's been doing these press conferences for the last two months, I'm furious with the league. And the team, because that is mm-hmm. not okay. All these other players are following the rules and all the other teams that are unvaccinated. Why is it just our team that decides that they are above the rules or this player that decides he's above the rules? Like, that is not okay. Right? Or, yeah. Like, I, I don't get it. No, I don't understand it. I mean, is it because of the name Aaron Rodgers and the fact that he's one of the biggest names in the game? And if you suspend him... You know, there's a huge issue. But at the same time, if you suspend a guy at that caliber, you the league sends a message saying that safety and health follows what's going on right now. Like, there is no one exempt. I don't give a shit if you're the best player in the world. 
you can't get away with it. You have to get vaccinated if that's the rule. You can't lie about it. Um, but we've noticed this with North American sports in general, where the, the leagues themselves will not mandate these things because of the backlash they think it's going to give them, rather than following, I guess, the right path in, in choosing or suspending a player for the right reason and not for something else, you know? I just don't get how it went this long, though. Like, Kyle, like am I crazy? This should have been put to bed, like... Weeks ago, if he was, if if the NFL knew and the league knew and the team knew, like I just I don't get it. I mean, I, I definitely I don't understand how it dragged on so much. I really don't. That that to me is alarming. I think because it, to me it almost looked like the NFL is trying to hide it and like didn't want to get caught, and then somehow something leaked out that he wasn't vaccinated, and all of a sudden like oh yeah I know we're gonna do a whole like investigation like we'll fi- we'll figure it out. So I, I feel like they're trying to like almost backtrack to try and save their own ass because, as Irfan said, if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers and we're talking about Jordan Love being vaccinated or whatever, it's a different story. Like I don't, I don't think they would have allowed him to do it. Everything would have been like, hey, no, you got to do this. But because it's Aaron Rodgers and he's a top three quarterback in the league, all of a sudden, okay, it's a different situation, right? If we were talking about like Patty Mahomes doing the thing too, I think it would have been the exact same situation. Because the NFL cannot have Rodgers be like viewed in like a negative aspect until they get caught. Like it's just it's just not it's not good for the NFL, right? So yeah, I just I just don't get it. And like I mean, we had Lamar Jackson in the preseason being really coy about his vaccination status and whether or not he's vaccinated. Um, I believe he is now. Yep. Because he does, he's not wearing the mask for press conferences like he was before. I don't know mm-hmm. for sure. I'm trying to find it right now. I can't see anything mm-hmm. um, specific. I think I think the league needs to release a statement of who's vaccinated and who's not. No, you can't do that. Though. I, I I don't want them to do that. I don't think that's fair. Well, at least they have to be more transparent about it. Like you can't be hiding. Like how many other players do you think in the league are being hidden from? From this sort of thing, is it just Aaron Rodgers? Masks in press conferences. We see coaches. John Harbaugh has to wear a mask in his press conferences because he hasn't got the vaccine. So it's just Aaron Rodgers. Is it John Harbaugh with the Ravens? One of the Harbaughs. It's one of the one of whatever the Ravens coach's name. (laughs) Like that's what I mean. Like players, other players are following the rules. Just Rodgers Mm -hmm. decided he was not involved in it and i just don't think that's okay but whatever let's uh let's Pretty move much. on let's move on to another f- football story that's not really a football story um boys the other big story this week was odell beckham jr and all the fun saga that happened this week and i've been mm-hmm. laughing watching every story come out as it happens because his father posted a video of all the times Baker Mayfield missed throws or just didn't throw the ball to OBJ. And to quote uh, a former NFL uh, wide receiver, or sorry, to sort of quote a former NFL wide receiver, isn't that your quarterback? <laughs> Not my quarterback, but isn't that your quarterback? That, that, that's my quarterback. Like that's my quarterback. How, what? 
And then OBJ hasn't said anything on the matter. I would like to point that out. Since all this came out, OBJ has been radio silent. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you make of this right away, Kyle, when you saw it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like that aura is kind of, it's kind of just stayed with him his entire NFL career, right? Like he was, um, even when he was with New York, it, it was always that, oh, he's a prima donna type of thing that always kind of stuck with him. Forget New York, and I mean, it was at LSU you saw it. Yeah, but I mean, like once he got to the NFL, like it was like when he was in New York, it was like okay, it's a, he's a prima donna, like he's a he's a fantastic player, but he's like he's got that, um, he's got those voices in the background saying, oh, you should say this, you should say this, and it's it's unfortunate because like he he's a good player in the league, and it's I think his reputation's kind of slandered a little bit because it's he's he's now known as this guy who wants to have it his way, and if it's not his way, he doesn't want to play for that team. So, I mean, it, it's it's unfortunate because it's not necessarily him who's making the calls. It's everybody around him. But he's got to live with that because, you know, it's 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 still his reputation that they got to go off of. So, Irfan? I'm quite surprised that um, he lasted this long at, in Cleveland, to be honest. Like, I, I think for somebody of his – I guess of his attitude, of his his stature, of the ability that he has, he went to a Cleveland market, which is not a huge, to me, like it's not a top football market. So the fact that even here, he kind of hasn't found a home. I, I don't know where he's going to end up. And I'm, I'm sure wherever he ends up, he'll have the first good couple of games or a good year. And then I think it's going to happen again because it's a cycle with this guy where you know, he's going to, his, his ego might get too big or he just doesn't fit in with the team with, with the ability that he has. And, or, you know, he's going to have his dad who's going to post videos of him not getting a pass when there's three other weapons on the field or something, or, or he's just, just not the right coverage. I don't know, but um, I'm just surprised he lasts this long and. Yeah. He can go move on. Let, let the Browns bring in someone else who wants that opportunity. now. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the Browns have kind of handled this the right way, which sounds really funny to say because it's the Browns. Um, But they excused him from practice the day after, just saying, listen, we just need to kind of figure out where we want to go with this. um, Baker Mayfield said all the right things, basically saying, was I hurt? No. Was I surprised? Yeah. But you know what? If he wants to come in and have a conversation with me, that's how we build. That's how we get better, right? So I think they've handled it. I don't know about you guys, but I think they've handled it the right way all week um, leading mm-hmm. up to the restructured contract and release because I think it just kind of clears – it clears one one issue out of the locker room, right? Like, it, you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's gone. Yeah. It's done. You, you move on. Uh, this team is still good without Odell Beckham Jr. He hasn't looked great this season. Um, now they changed the offense a little bit because, obviously, you, you're missing that player. Well, without the without the distraction now of oh, do we have to pass to him every time now, or yeah. is he the focus point? So I, I think it's better for the Browns. Exactly. So that's what I mean. Like you get you get to the point where all right, now we don't have to worry about it. Right now we can move on with the guys that want to be here, want to play. So I think this is going to be a good thing for the Browns. It's just hard to see. Like I really don't know where Odell Beckham fits. And and I guess that's the next question out of all of this is where does he end up going? 
what uh, you you see the big stories and they're coming out and it's like okay well green bay is a good a good place for him to go or new orleans or vegas or patriots uh, bills falcons i'm like if i'm any of those playoff teams is that something that i really want to do right now bring in this kind of guy who on the on a whim could just decide he doesn't want to play anymore i think i mean he has oh sorry kyle no, you go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think that if he goes to any of the bigger teams or the playoff teams, my first conversation is you are not bigger than the team if you want to be here. If you don't want to be here, please don't sign because we are not wasting. Like, if it's the Bills, the Bills go, we have a leadership in this team. This is our locker room dynamic. You are coming in to help us win. If you cannot do that, bye-bye. And that will be his third team that fails out, and he probably won't be in the league for long. No, and I think it's I think it's one of those. Um, I do think the Pats will look at him, and that's just coming from a Pats fan because we've done this multiple times with other um, players that have failed out of the league. I guess is what you could say. We've done this multiple times, bringing guys that, that were outcasts and so on and so forth. Um, and I think it's just a matter of him buying in. You know, if if he buys into Belichick and and truly talks to him and and he's all in, then I think it works. And with the fact that. They also restructured his contract, so he's a free agent after this year too. It's kind of a no-lose situation for a team to actually bring him in. You can actually truly, like, if they bring him in and he doesn't work out, you cut him. It's fine, right? But if you if you bring him in, he works out, all of a sudden he becomes, you know, another star player on your wide receiver. It gives your quarterback an extra an extra uh, threat to go to. All of a sudden it, it looks good. It, it looks good in your team. And, you know, I honestly see, I see, the, I see the Raiders, especially with everything that happened with Henry Ruggs. I see, I see OBJ going there, and, and he would be the number one. Like he would be the number one guy, right? You got Hunter Renfro, who's kind of more of a slot guy that that Carr loves to go to. But on the outside, it would be OBJ. It would, it would be OBJ, and that's it. So, I mean, I could definitely see him going to Vegas too. Would Vegas be <laughs> Vegas, the actual city, be the right location for him? Yeah, that's a whole different story. But um, I mean. I, 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 there's definitely teams that will take a shot at him. I think the Chiefs might take a shot at him just to add another weapon. But if he wants to be the number one guy, he's got to go to a certain team. Yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, that Henry Rogue story is just upsetting. Like, just everything that yeah. happened. I I loved Derek Carr's comments afterwards, by the way. I, I know this is not what we're talking about, but Derek Carr's comments about, hey, this guy right now just needs someone to care about him. And mm. I don't care what happens. I will always be that guy if he wants me to be. That's a leader. I I want to play for with Derek Carr now. After hearing that, I was like, I I cannot believe because he's not a very vocal guy. Let's be honest. He doesn't yep. say anything out there. But when he said that, I my ears perked up and I'm like, wow. Like if you are not all mm. in with this Raiders team, you should be after hearing what Derek Carr just said. Hundred percent. I digress. I don't want to get too far into that. That's a story for another day that we can get into uh, when when more news comes out about that. Um, yeah, this OBJ story is just ridiculous. Let's move on quickly. Let's hit the NHL, boys. Uh, early season returns are looking good for a few teams. And if I told you at the beginning of the preseason, or even at the beginning of the season, that the top team in the NHL would be the Florida Panthers... The second team would be Carolina, and the third team would be the Edmonton Oilers. 
Y'all would have both looked at me like I had three heads. But they've started off well. They've looked really good. Edmonton, 9-1-0, and leading their division with little issue at the moment. No offense. Um, I loved, I told you, I liked a few of the offseason additions. Hyman, Fogle. Um, I wasn't sure about Duncan Keith, but he's looked good in that role. Not necessarily the top line guy, but he's looked really good. And they've gotten really good goaltending from Koskinen and Smith. Like, they've figured it out. How long can they ride this, Irfan? I think at least a couple more games. I'm just trying to look at their schedule coming up. But, I mean, last night they were trading goals with the Rangers. Like, what the hell was that? Um, It was an entertaining game from a fan perspective. But if you're a goaltender, you're like, oh, crap. I'm going to get lit up again on this (laughs) two-on-one. But, no, it's actually very good for Edmonton. And that fan base and maybe, you know, a couple years ago, we were talking about them throwing their jerseys onto the ice or burning their jerseys because they're frustrated. But um, I think they've kind of balanced it out where, yeah, Connor McDavid can go and score beautiful goals for you or Leon can do the same thing. But you've got depth players or you got players from different positions that are able to chip in offensively and defensively. Um, I think they're okay. Maybe they need an upgrade in net. And that's something we've been saying for a few years, but. I think they can keep this going for a couple more games for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, what about you? What do you think about Edmonton so far? I mean, I, th- I think they can ride it probably for another week or so. Uh, I don't think they're necessarily going to go, you know, nine in or have like three wins with one more loss or whatever. I think they, they do come back to earth a little bit just because I don't think either one of these goaltenders can maintain a 920 save percentage. It's just not going to happen. Mike Smith has the better um, chance, let's be honest, because it is Mike Smith. 100%. Mike Smith's got to get healthy. That's that's the issue. Um, and but but to me, I, I think yeah, I think that offseason addition of Zach Hyman has has really shored up that that top line. And um, the he's funny thing brought, is he's not even playing on the top line. No, but but he's he's allowed them to play different players on different lines. Like he's yeah. he's added to that depth of that team. So that way, because last last couple of years it's been Drysdale McDavid and who else, yeah. right? Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, Hyman's there. Now all of a sudden, Nugent Hopkins stepping up, right? Like there's there's people that because he was brought in are now allowed to play a different style of game and allowed to play you know maybe more their game comparatively. So um, he has made that team better. You know maybe the nurse extension has made it better for him and more wanting to play. I'm not sure, um, like, but that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean there it's a great start, but. We'll see if they can continue it. I don't think it's going to last very much longer, but I could be proven wrong. But is this a team that we could realistically say is going to be competitive come the playoffs, Irfan? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Say that again. <laughs> is this a team that we could say is going to be competitive come playoff time? I mean, considering the division that they're in, absolutely. I mean, everyone else has been playing decent hockey. I mean, yeah, the, the Flames have played pretty well, but... I could see them being a playoff team because everyone else hasn't really looked good in that division. And and it's all about finishing top three, even if it's the crappiest division. I mean, comparable NL East, for example, right. Or whatnot. Like you, you just have to be able to do better than the, the teams behind you. It doesn't matter what else, anyone else in the other divisions are doing because you're going to make the playoffs if you do that. So um, uh, yeah, I, I think they have a realistic chance. I think they had a realistic chance at the start of the season with Connor and Leon, but, now you get to see how they've, they've how the action's been, and, and yeah, I, I think it's good. Yep. 
move on to Carolina. And honestly, right now, Carolina is just outclassing the league. 9-0-0. Freddie Anderson looks like the guy that the Leafs expected when they traded for him. Uh, 8-0 with a 150 goals against and a 949 save percentage. Yes. Do I think that's realistically going to stay that way all season? No. But he's looked really, really good behind a good team in front of him. And the team in front of him is playing really, really, really well. Uh, Svechnikov is firing on all cylinders. Aho is looking really good. Trocek, Tara Vinen are all getting in on it. The defense, I know I'm not a big fan of his, but Tony D'Angelo has looked really good. Jacob Slavin is the cornerstone there. Who's stopping these guys in the East right now, Kyle? Um, I mean, in, in the Metro, uh, I don't really know. Um, obviously, we, I, I thought the Islanders were going to be their, their continuous, you know, annoyance that they're always in the top three, even though they don't have the team to be in the top three. But, I mean, they haven't looked that great. Columbus has more points than them, so that kind of says something about that whole team right now. Um, I, I mean, right now, the Rangers and the Caps are the only two teams that could truly give them any sort of uh, – any sort of fits like and even then like the caps have looked good at certain points but they haven't looked great all season they only have one realistic loss but they have four overtime losses so i mean they're keeping games close um and the rangers are finally getting some goaltending that we've they've been missing right they Since have long. the pieces they just really they really couldn't click that goaltending they they had the guys who had the potential to do it but never truly did it and i mean Carolina now that now that Freddie's got some some defense that can you know keep pucks away from him all of a sudden he's actually showing up like he should and it's it's showing what kind of goaltender he truly can be will he continue this whole season not a chance he's gonna have one of those months where he lets in five goals a game it's just that's Freddie it, it's going to happen but it, but it, hold on hold it, on is it though we're used to Freddie in Toronto where our defense didn't do that we didn't clear the front of the net very well for him. And he it's, had to he deal did, with the Toronto media. Now he's in Carolina where he can kind of go under the radar. And if he has a bad yeah. game and no one's jumping on his back, they don't care. Well, he did the same thing in Anaheim too. So, like, it, it's been it a trending like two, thing. First two seasons, though. Well, no. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, we're also talking about nine games. Is he going to have a fucking 940 save percentage? No, I don't Not think he is. I'm just saying, like, if he, if he but, has a 945 save percentage or a 920 save percentage all season, that's fantastic. I, I, the most he'll he'll have like a nine thirteen to nine fifteen. He'll he'll come back to earth. He'll he'll be he'll be a good, not great goaltender, and and it's going to be the same thing as is. But is he going to have? Is he going to be better than he was in Toronto? Hundred percent. He's got better defense. It, it's simple as that. It, that that's a better scheme in Carolina. Like they're a more defensive minded team as a whole. But he's still going to have the. It's it's Freddie, and I'm holding out hope. Maybe, maybe I get proven wrong. I'm more than happy to get proven wrong. But until I truly see it over a season's length, I won't believe it. That's fair, and I, I'm okay with that. I just I hope he does really well, Airfun. Uh yeah. I mean, like you said earlier, like the pressure of Toronto media is gone. Uh, the fact that it isn't a run and gun style of play. I think Rob Brendamore has a, a more compact system. You play defense, you play offense, you play a full two hundred foot game, and that's probably why they're so successful to start the season. Is you know, it's the last three years uh, accumulating and culminating into something 
just like, you know, he, he preaches defense, he preaches offense. And I think Freddie's not left to, to dry on most nights. I mean, that's a huge difference. It, it reminds you of his Anaheim days where they were, they were also playing decent defense and he was coming up big. And that's why the Leafs went and got him was, you know, we need a goaltender that can make these big saves. And, you know, Freddie did make big saves for the Leafs. It's just last year was his probably his worst time or worst year in Toronto. And that, yeah. mm-hmm. that kind of drove him out, but um, he probably won't be a 940 save percentage, but I can see him between 905 to 920 for sure. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, and a big and, game for Carolina tonight, though. Like that, yeah. that's going to be a juicy matchup. And then they play Tampa the next next night, so they're in Florida for that. Well, speaking of uh, the team from Florida, let's talk about the other team from Florida. And holy moly, Florida looks almost unstoppable right now in their division. Um. <laughs> 41 goals for 22 against they're getting goaltending they're getting scoring they're, I think the real question though is do the Panthers have enough to outlast their interstate rival in the Tampa Bay Lightning or fun I, I don't think so and here's why the last three games that they've played have been decided by a goal so uh, two overtime games in a shootout where they've kind of looked a little uh, leaky in, in the sense that, you know, not leaky, maybe that's not the right word, but they, they, they haven't looked comfortable. Yes, they've won those games, but they've also played teams that have pushed them to more than 60 minutes. Um, and Detroit is that one team, then Boston in the shootout, and then even the Caps. And like, you know, you play Boston and the Caps, and they're, they're decent teams in the league, but I don't like, I think by the end of the year, it's going to be Florida and it's going to be Tampa Bay. I'm just, you know, my biggest question mark for Florida right now is sure they'll be a powerhouse, but is the new coaching um, going to be the right level of coaching that they want? Is this is this the the right voice in the locker room that they, they that they need? And um, you know, Blackhawks scandal on the side. Joel Quenville is a good coach. So does can you replicate that? Can you replicate a Stanley Cup winning coach with the talent that they have because they started off well because of that? So. Um, I mean, that's just my question. But yeah. I think that that's the biggest asterisk beside the Panthers, but they can go toe to toe if if they continue with their trend for sure. Fair enough, mm-hmm. Kyle. Uh, I, I I agree. I, I think I think Florida is. I personally think Florida is going to be number one. I think they have the depth pieces, and if if you look at the stats of what they're doing, Bobrovsky's back to being Bobrovsky, and, and I mean, it's going to be one of those. Can he? Is he back? Is he back to what he was in Columbus? We'll see. I mean, I'm not. I'm not holding out a whole lot of hope with with the last couple of years he's had. But I mean, he looks good. And the biggest thing is they have a legitimate one B as a backup. Like Spencer Knight is the goaltender of the future. Where that future is, I don't know because I don't think it'll be in Florida. But it's going to be one of those. It what? what? I don't think Spencer Knight's going to be in the future in Florida. Why? Because Bobrovsky's signed for another seven years, and nobody's taking a $10 million contract for Bobrovsky. Okay. So you're going to have a $10 million backup? I, I guess. Okay. I, that, that, I guess that, I see what you mean. but Yeah, so like, like maybe he'll be the goaltender in the future when he's 29 years old and Bobrovsky's contract's done. At that point, it's a waste of Spencer Knight. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be one of those. If Bobrovsky falters, 
does Spencer Knight take over? And then you try and find somebody to take a $10 million. Maybe, maybe Barofsky goes to Arizona for a $10 million contract. Who knows? But I mean, barring something, barring something crazy like that, I could hundred percent see it being like a Cam Talbot thing in New York, right? Cam Talbot was an up and coming goaltender. He was going to be the next goaltender of the future for the Rangers, but Henrik was still there. Henrik was still there and nobody was moving Henrik from that, from that goal crease. All of a sudden, okay, Talbot's a free agent now. He goes off and signs. And Cam Talbot hasn't been really the same type of goaltender. He's been rebuilding his value in Minnesota, but we'll see. So, I don't know. Barring something crazy for Bobrovsky, I don't see Spencer Knight being there long term. With saying that, I think the amount of depth scoring that they're getting right now, you know, when your your third and fourth top scorer is your defenseman in both Ekblad and Forsling, I think that truly shows what their team is, right? You got Duclair, Reinhardt, Bennett, Verhehe, all these all these guys that pretty much were outcasts for a lot of these teams, all of a sudden have found a home in Florida and, and they're they're meshing together. They're playing well. And it's as long as like they have the pieces to go far and they have the depth. And and I think the biggest knock on Tampa this year is the lack of depth. And that's because they lost Gord, they lost Coleman, they lost Goodrow. Like that entire third line that carried them through majority of the playoffs um, is gone. Like it's it's kind of hard to replace that. That's the thing. Yes, you can get you know you can get Matthew Joseph and all that kind of stuff to to fill in, but they're not that third line anymore. So I mean, they have to kind of reestablish themselves. They still have the top end talent. I mean, Kucherov can't stay healthy. That's a whole different issue, but. I think Florida is the new king in Tampa. I like it. I hope they are because I prefer Florida, to be honest. I like the way they've built their team, but that's a that's a personal thing. I think they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Both teams are very good. It's going to be fun to see which one comes out of the uh, division on top. I think Toronto, they really figure it out. They might be able to compete, but I think it is a Florida team winning this division. Um, no. Okay, boys, that's it. Final thoughts for the week. Kyle, we'll start with you. What are you thinking about? Uh, what am I thinking about? That's a good question. Um, I'm excited for, and we talked about it earlier, I'm excited for the MLB offseason. I'm kind of curious to see. There's lots of big names out there, lots of things that are, are going on that I want to see how they kind of shake out. Too many free agents end up switching teams. So I kind of want to see who, who's resigns, who wants to stay with their teams, that kind of stuff. Um, also, my other final thought is, as we talked about in the pre-show was uh, Movember, obviously, if, if you do want to donate, I, I am donating the cause myself. So um, it's a great cause to get behind men's health. So uh, look, look online and see if you can help somebody out with that. Very good. Yeah. Don't forget Movember.com for your donations. Uh, Irfan, what are your final thoughts of the week, my friend? A um, couple of good games coming up in the NHL this weekend. Um, Florida, Carolina tonight. Um, uh, Leafs, Boston tonight, which is going to be nice to see uh, the growth of the Leafs. I mean, the, to see if they can follow up after the big win against Tampa Bay midweek. So um, a couple of big games. So bless you. Um, so hoping that we can um, we can be entertained a little bit more and uh, – yeah, we'll go from there. I'll cover soccer with Paige, but yeah, that's uh, as that's always. My final thought. Follow Irfan for all his all his uh, soccer takes. Very disappointed in the morning show today uh, when he jumped on. He was not happy. 
Yay. Yay. <laughs> Kyle just turning the finger. Um, For me, I hope we can get back to football this week and not worry about the Aaron Rodgers and the Odell Beckham Juniors and the unfortunate situation with Henry Ruggs because this season has been very interesting on the football field. There have been surprises. There have been teams that are doing really well that we didn't necessarily expect. There are teams that have been doing well that we did expect, and they're doing better than some of us expected. Um, I'm having a fun time watching football for the first time in a while. Like I, I genuinely am enjoying a lot of the games or a lot of the results, I should say, because it's not necessarily what we expect. Yes, the big teams like the Packers and the Buccaneers are playing the way that we expected them to. The Chiefs are not. The Ravens are not winning the division like we all thought they were going to run away with the division. Um, the Bengals are near the top of the division. I love it. It's fantastic. Right? We're seeing these good young players now bringing these teams up. This is something that we want to see as as fans of the sport as well as media because it allows us to have a lot of conversation on topics that if we really wanted to get into the NFL deeply, me, Kyle, and Irfan could talk for weeks straight. No <laughs> stopping about just all the storylines. That's how good it's been. So I am really enjoying football for the first time in a long time. I hope you are as well. So let's hope for some fun games this weekend to kind of wash the palate, clean the palate after this week of just awful stories coming out of the league. That's my final thought. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, don't forget it is at Garage Door Sport. On Instagram at Garage Door Sports, we will have updates throughout the week on more things as they come about. If you're looking to follow me, Kyle, or Irfan, it's at Nick McVicker, at Kyle Vardy, and at Irfan Manji on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow us. I just posted a very interesting picture of Delano Banton with the nickname that I think it needs to stick, and I'm going to keep pushing it because I think it's a great nickname. 45 Express, the guy picked the number for a reason. Let's push the nickname, in my opinion, that needs to be moving forward. We t- we had Air Canada, right? We had uh, Junkyard Dog. We need a new. We need the new like big nickname after the Claw, and it's Forty Five Express, in my opinion. I think I, I, like I don't it. know if you guys agree or argue or want to argue yeah, me I on that one. Get behind it. We'll get behind it. We'll support <laughs> yep. you. Um, I like it. Other than that, that's going to do it for us here. Thank you for listening. If you want to listen to more of us, Kyle and the Betting House Pod has their picks every week on Twitter. Make sure you check out them. Try to make yourself some money. Irfan on Touchline Thoughts with Paige Culver. uh, Doing some great stories, having some great interviews. Make sure you follow them as well. 20 Minutes on Ice with myself and Ryan Haslett is still a thing. We're uh, on a bit of a break right now, but we're going to try to bring you more content as we come about it. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube and Twitch as well. For the boys and everyone in the network, we want to thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.